Hello, everyone. I'm KOW's Greg Willandini. This is the KOW Philly Soccer Show. And I am Mike Servideo from Philly Soccer Page. So we have a lot to cover. we got the Gold Cup coming up, the Union two in a row in the league, even though they did get knocked out in the in the Cup, and uh, Union player, another Union player is heading to the Gold Cup. And we brought in a PSP person to outnumber you today. So a uh, little roundtable action going on, so let's check it out. So we have a bit of a roundtable going on this week. On the Philly soccer Philly, show. Philly soccer page guys are outnumbering you. Yeah, are you scared, I know. It's Greg? terrible. But at least I got an Arsenal fan here and Peter Andrews. Oh. I was going to say, I'm just here to talk about Alexander Lacazette. Ah, oh, isn't that beautiful? I know. It's a nice name. Breaking the tra- breaking yeah, their you transfer. Guys, uh, you guys spent uh, a little Mark. bit of money on that one, huh? Oh, it's, it's nice to, you know, he's the guy we want. We're going to spend a lot of money and get him. That doesn't happen much for Arsenal. It's like, yeah, we're going to spend a lot of money on four teenagers. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's no fun. But we're not here to talk about Arsenal. <laughs> at least <laughs> not. Only. But at least not totally talking about Arsenal. We're here to talk about the Philadelphia Union and a pretty big win uh, in the league this week against New England. Uh, New England was a bit depleted. That uh, Fagundes was out with a suspension. They had a couple guys at the Gold Cup, but the Union had a couple had a couple guys out. Or I had Bedoya out so far for the Gold Cup, and uh, uh, so yeah. I mean, two two nice home wins in a in a row. You know, I think two teams you should be beating at home too mm-hmm. with with DC and and New England. So I, I, you know, convincing win, but yeah. a kind of unconvincing opponent. I mean, these are these are kind of this is the point I'm trying to make to anybody who'll listen to me is the Union target should be, you know, the four, five, six spot. Yeah, and right. The other spots are sort of yeah, spoken for. Uh, yeah, I mean, Chicago, Toronto are one two. I think they're going to beat beat themselves up for that. It looks like New I, I'm actually I'm interested to see how that works out because I feel like Chicago is yeah. kind of in the same place that Philadelphia was last year. It's a little bit of an un, unexpected success. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested to see how they hold up. Right, right. And I haven't seen Chicago play a lot this year either yet. It's because they haven't whooped the Union yet. <laughs> it could be coming. Could be. Um, but yeah, that, that four five six spot is. You know they have to target that, and how you get there is, I think you got to beat the the New Englands mm-hmm. and the DCs of the world, the teams you're kind of kind of churning around with, and you know to get get to those spots. So you got to get. I mean, those games are six pointers, really. Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of it's it's kind of a mixed bag, right? Because I do think you go in and you say they should have won that game, and so they did win that game. You know, it is what it is. But I I think there are a couple of things to be encouraged by. One of which is. Um, for a team that's had a lot of trouble finishing and a team that has had a lot of trouble scoring from open play, uh, they got two really nice goals from open play. Mm-hmm. You know, the Harris to Fafa Tilsino goal might be the best move they put together this year. And then the Roland Alberg uh, howitzer <laughs> is just, uh, you know, that's, that's beautiful, right? right? So, you know, from my perspective, the biggest problem with this team is that they don't have any offensive consistency or coherence. And I thought you saw glimmers of that against a bad team. Yeah, uh, and it's it, it's nice to finish your chances against mm-hmm. a bad team. Uh, you know, I think New England grew into that game a little bit after the the penalty kick that, that CJ put away, and then uh, Andre makes one really good save, and then you get you get that that second goal right after halftime was huge. Well, and I th- I thought I, you know I said as much uh, after the game on on Sunday. I thought their response in the first half was really poor. Yeah, I thought yeah. they let New England a bad New England team back in the game because they had that one nothing lead and. You know, credit to Jim Curtin for, as I understand it, at halftime telling them, like, you guys need to go for this game. And you saw a couple players like Derek Jones um, and Ilsenio in particular really step into the game in the second half and, and kind of put their foot on the pedal. 
I, I agree with you though on that on that second goal though that was one of the better buildups we've seen from the union this year. Uh, Harris into Fafa and then that, that nice little lofted pass for yeah, how many times have you how many times have you seen Fafa pick out a pass like that? I, I cannot yeah, believe it. That was it was it yeah. was a fine pass he, too. Yeah, it was I a mean, better finish on it too. Yeah, I mean, El Senio yeah. still had plenty to do. <laughs> I mean, Fafa is definitely a shoot first kind of guy. Um, so yeah, Roland Alberg, I'll tell you all about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, so to see him kind of make that play and, and get get the ball forward and and you know see. And it's a bonus when a guy like Osino scores because he's just isn't that prolific. So yeah. you get a goal out of him. That was great. He he, sees, he seemed up for it on Sunday, though. You know, mm-hmm. I, I asked him after the game what he thought of Osino's performance and, and Roland Allberg, and there was a sort of interesting discussion of uh, Roland had played the 120 minutes in the Open Cup match yeah. on Wednesday. Jim Curran said it was his best performance as a union player. And then they had a conversation on – Friday, uh, I think Jim said Roland was pissed off that he didn't get the start. And what's interesting is I thought you saw both Ilsenio and Roland Alberg step up their game a little bit on Sunday because that, mm. that goal by Alberg was the goal of a person who is mad that he wasn't playing. Right. And I thought the way Ilsenio was making a much – I thought he was much better at quick decisions, putting the ball in good spots. I thought his passing was a lot more on point than it's right. been in previous weeks. Yeah, I, yeah, both both fair, yeah. You might, you might have room for, for both of them coming up too if – I mean, with the news that Chris Pontius is perhaps out for for some time. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like he's heading uh, heading out to uh, the Gold Cup to join yeah. the U.S. Um, but the am Union... I looking at it correctly? Is he only going to miss the Swansea game? Unless, I mean, if he's if the U.S. makes the knockout stages and he stays on the team, <laughs> but you would think, the, yeah, but you would think if anyone gets called in, I mean, Pontius would be the guy to go. I was shocked. That Chris Pontius got called into the national team given his current form. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised of, of anybody. I think we we're talking about a little bit off mic that maybe they just want a kind of a, a, a steely veteran presence in camp. To you know, because it, it, it looks like kind of a, a little bit of a younger camp. So maybe he just wanted, you know, Bruce Arena wanted a guy. I mean, it's been and Chris is definitely that guy. I mean, he's. I, I think all the, the union guys would attest to his locker room presence yeah. is, is, is a really positive one. He's a, he's a, a guy that the guys like having around. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, it doesn't seem like a like-for-like for, like for Kenny Saif, though, right? Because Kenny Saif is a younger player, yeah. making his first appearance in camp. He's more of a creative attacker kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm so I'm just surprised they didn't opt for, you know, trying to get another young player in. Or, you know, maybe this is just an acknowledgement that Chris Pontius is not going to play a single minute during the Gold <laughs> Cup that matters. We might as well just have some, you know, uh, an old head in there. But he's yeah. an old head with only two national team caps. So I thought it was strange. Uh, a, little, a little strange, especially since... You know, CJ's name was kind of, again. It's not a like for like thing, but CJ's name was kind of kicked around for a possibility of going and to the. He was Cup. really he was really strong on, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, going back to the, what we were originally saying, though, is is there room for Ilsenio and Olberg to be on the the field at the same time? Yeah. If you move Ilsenio out to the right again, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm asking uh, you. Yeah, guys. no. I, Maybe I, I think you could. I think you could put uh, if you want to put. Alberg again at kind of the ten in the middle. I mean, yeah, I don't but, think you're putting Alberg on the wing. I'm doing air quotes as a ten because he, he doesn't know. play it like a ten. But uh, yeah, I mean, because you could have Vilsenio out on the right, be your creative guy, and you have another finisher now on the field in Alberg. So I mean, it, it, it's it's I, possible. I mean, I think I think you could make it work. The thing that the thing that does worry me a little bit is that. I think Alberg was very ineffective in that in that ten role, and I think mm-hmm. we have started to see you know the union switch in form with their winning streak did coincide with Ilsenio coming inside, 
and I thought he's played very well in the better in their last couple of wins. Mm-hmm. So you wonder whether, especially given the focus on defense, whether shifting Elsino out instead of trying to plug Fabian Herbers, who is right. presumably almost healthy, into that that spot. Um, I think that's more likely if, if if Herbers is ready to go. I think he goes out on the right and Elsino's in the middle, and you use Albert. He's as he's your instant offense off the bench. I mean, it's kind of what he was last year in stretches. And I mean, I still think it's his best role on the team too. Because yeah, because and I harp on this a lot. He's not a system guy, and this is a system team. And yeah. if you bring him in at the 60th minute, kind of shoot him out of a can and say, okay, get, go out there. I need a goal. That's kind of better for him because he can just kind of go out there and freelance and do his thing but and I, pop I, up in a space and, and, and you know and try to take a shot. I mean, I think there's some danger with that too. Like we've seen this year. Sometimes Curtin does that, puts Allberg in, and he doesn't register like a single touch. Right. I think it was the Salt Lake City game where he came in in like the 72nd minute or something and ran around a little bit and basically <laughs> touched yeah. the ball once. And so you do – Allberg is someone who I really liked mm-hmm. last year, especially at the beginning because I, I thought he had kind of a physical edge to his game. Um, but we really haven't seen that at all. He seems very easily dispossessed. He's having a hard time getting on the ball. He's not offering you much in terms of defense. Right. Um, I just, I'm not, I, I don't see as much from him as you get from El it, It's No, it's very much a mixed bag with Alberg. And, and just the, the potentials, the potential for goals is there with him though. That's, that's nice. The right. potential that he, he's going to kind of square up and look at the goal and, you know, try to take it like he did with his first touch and, you know, against, against New England. So that potential is always there. So you kind of, you're kind of leaning on that a little bit and mm-hmm. I get that. But I, I think if Herbers is healthy, I put Herbers out on the right, and I keep Ilsenio in the middle because Ilsenio gives you things. That I think, like you said, Roland doesn't give you. He gives you, you know, somebody that's going to spend some time on the ball. Yeah. he's not the perfect number ten. He, you know, he he doesn't like kind of control the tempo, like 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 you kind of want out that that the attacking uh, spot. He doesn't really do that, but he'll give you time on the ball, and he can make a good pass. So. Can, can we talk about Kiliano Wijnaldum, my new favorite union player? <laughs> um, I, please. So, so I, I tweeted out from the PSP account, I don't know if you saw on your vacation, Mike, that um, my favorite thing about Kiliano Wijnaldum is that I don't scream and tear every time the ball comes in his direction. <laughs> um, two straight starts mm-hmm. in MLS play. It certainly looks like Fabinho has been displaced finally after all this time. Um, and I've been really pleased with what Wijnaldum's brought to the table. I, th- I thought he was good on uh, on Sunday. Um in in the way that you, that you're talking about too is that I didn't notice a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think New England had a little bit of luck going down that right side for them, but um, I didn't see panicked uh, challenges. I was not uh, fearful when the ball nowhere, was played out there. Nowhere and, near a card or or a no. bad turnover. Or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I think he's he's been fairly consistent. I mean, yeah, you don't white knuckle it when when he's out there when. Somebody's maybe bearing down on him, or if he has the ball, or he's in a situation. Because that's always a fear, you know, with uh, with Fabinho. If he has the ball, he might cough it up in a bad spot, and it's off to the races for the other team. Or he coughs it up and you know stabs his foot in there and picks up a bad foul or a card or you know, or or you know just does a variety of things how, that, that are infuriating. How do you guys feel about him getting forward? Has he has he gotten forward in the same ways that Fabinho has been able to? Because I think that's one of the, the really nice things about his game last year is that what we saw with Fabinho mm-hmm. was, was really good interplay down the left side and getting all the way to the end line a lot. I don't think he gets for it quite as much. Um, I mean, Fabinho is kind of 
always kind of pushing forward. That was, that's his game. He's like, you know, he's going to go forward if if you, know, if you know the center backs are covering or somebody's covering his run. He's getting forward no matter what. And I don't know if he's being told to kind of pick your spots, but it seems like when all of them is picking his spots a little more. Well, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing either because, you know, there are times where Fabinho's crossing is very good and he does offer you, he does have that speed and ability to beat a guy down the wing. But a lot of the times what ends up happening is he gets down there, his eyes get big and he fires like the world's worst crosses <laughs> that are, you know, they're over everyone or they're like right to the goalie or, uh, you know, he's a high volume crosser. Yeah. And maybe Wijnaldum doesn't quite give you that yet, but I, I think that um, I have said for for years that I think the Union are too reliant on crosses. Mm-hmm. And I think having someone like Wijnaldum who can play the ball on the ground and who picks his spots a little bit more about getting forward and it's not just like cycle the ball to the left, whip it into the box, hope CJ gets his head on right. it, restart the play. I'd prefer that they slow it down a little bit. Radio.com. What what does it mean to you, the Union attack too now that you're essentially going with two fullbacks that get forward a little bit less than their predecessors? Because Ray Gattis is definitely not no. going forward like Keegan Rosenberry did last year. Well, they're winning games. Isn't they? Yeah, I mean, they're you winning. Know? I mean, it, it I guess it changes what you do. I think it changes what your wide midfielders do a little bit. Um, and with a guy like Fafa, do you really need a bombing left back because? Because you have a bombing left fielder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he's going to bomb for. He's running hard to put pressure on on the defenders. I mean, his speed just I think just strikes terror into people. There was there was one play and where I was sitting, you get a really good perspective of it. That he kind of got ahead of steam. He's running towards goal. You just saw the New England backline just bulge backwards, but they just took two three steps because they step up. He's gone. I mean, yeah. he's behind it. So defense is just sag deep when he, when he's when he's there, and it's just creating space. Just his speed just creates space around them. I, f- I forget which one of you I texted during the game, and I, I said if if Afa could just clean himself up a little bit mm-hmm. in the final third, yeah. he would have had a goal and assist on Sunday yeah. at, at least. And I think that's probably true of the last couple of games. Certainly, yeah. like he the open had a, cup. Had a number of chances sure, in the yeah. open cup game. Hey, you know. He's willing, and I, I love that. Yeah, because <laughs> we've had guys on this team that weren't willing to go to goal and take shots, and he's got the speed and he's got the skill to get into the box. And yeah, he's got to refine that absolutely. Yeah. but if he's kind of getting in there, he has the confidence to take the shot, and he has the confidence to take on defenders, and he has the skill and the speed to do both. You think that comes? Yeah, yeah. I, I hope so. Yeah, I, I tweeted uh, maybe during the Open Cup game something like, and I think this is a genuine question. When is the last time the union had a player as exciting as Fafa? And I think the answer, someone tweeted back at me, Roger Torres. And I think that's totally plausible in terms of um, the union have rarely had guys who have both the speed to get down the field, the willingness to take someone on one on one, and kind of the cleverness that Fafa has shown. Mm-hmm. He's willing to to make sort of curling shots to the back post, that really nice pass to Alcino. Um, he's certainly more exciting than some of the bulldozer forwards the union have had in the past or. Or even, you know, Danny Cruz, I wouldn't really call exciting in the same way that I would call Fafa exciting. Uh, he's really he's really grown on me as someone to watch, um, and he's clearly a, a starter, you know. It, may, it makes me sad when people mention Roger Torres. You, you and me both. I, I, it does. God, I loved Roger. <laughs> <laughs> he was... Uh, the, uh, it's, it's, it's the classic I what it might have been. Four, I, feet I, of, four feet of pure skill. Yeah. yeah. It's the classic what might have been. 
yeah roger torres i i i agree with you on fafa though he is he is exciting and he uh he does he does bring an element that we haven't haven't seen uh on on the wing and a little bit of of time where he he mm-hmm. regularly gets by his guy with the ball and do you like the kind of the contrast i like the contrast with him and sapong which you know you have sapong doing the physical dirty work the the, the back to goal stuff and then you have fafa buzzing around yeah it gives the defense a little bit of a different mm-hmm. look than, yeah you know with cj and pontius those are two guys who have kind of similar they're right, yeah, they, they can dudes. they can both hold up the ball pretty well and win their headers, but yeah. you know you you have those guys winning headers and a guy that's willing to to chase them when they're flicked on now. And Fafa can win a header. We've also yeah. found that yeah. out. Oh, man, he could jump, but yeah. that was that was a lot. And you, you, I think you just saw CJ really comfortable having a guy like Fafa around. Where you know sometimes he would get in position, knock a ball down, and there's like really nobody there. Mm-hmm. There's nobody kind of making a run, making kind of attacking the post or anything like that. CJ, you know, and CJ's getting beat up to make these these hold up plays, but you're, you're seeing it now where they're really interacting well, and I, I think I think Fafa just has a sense of where CJ's going to go with the ball when when he's playing in that hold up spot. And again, you're getting space because you know CJ ties up defenders, we know that, and now Fafa's speed gives, like you said, gives defenders something to think about, and they kind of play off him, so he's got space. He, you know, other guys are getting a little bit of space now because of kind of that combination. Can we just switching gears a little bit? Can we give some props to uh, Gucci Anyewu and and Jack Elliott, but specifically Gucci, who yeah. I thought had one of his best games of the season. On, yeah, and he on took Sunday. that ball off the face <sighs> that we heard on TV. I mean, in the press box, it sounded like he had been shot. Yeah, I really it, cannot it, describe how shocking that sound. When was. they showed me the, when they showed the replay on TV, uh, I was shocked that he did not get the boot. Yeah, the yeah. face because it sounded like it. Even on television, it sounded yeah. like it. It was just just a crack that reverberated yeah. around the stadium. I mean, that was a full volley to the forehead, yeah. though. Yeah, and he, you know, he it was kind of a second shot he's taken the head yeah. in recent yeah. weeks. But he was kind of I, NYC off, game. or yeah. into the to the you know in the vicinity of his head at least. But, but. I agree, he was he was terrific. You know, I think uh, Kai Carmara is having a little bit of an off season, um, but only had that really one good chance uh, mm-hmm. that when Harris turned the ball over and he got played in by, I think it was Bunbury, um, that Blake saved. But I, I thought Gooch did a, a really good job on him. I think he won everything. Yeah. I don't think that Kai is going to miss playing against him this week. And, and and Jack just puts fires out. Yeah, I mean, that's what he does. They, I have, mean, a, they have a nice little low-key yeah. tandem, the two of them. And because you look at it, it's like a, two really tall guys out there. You think nobody's, neither of these guys are going to be able to move. But Jack moves. For a guy his size, Jack moves so well. And like I said, just puts out fires. And you even saw, you even saw Gooch carrying the ball a lot. In that, in that, no, he made, made, Gooch made it past midfield. Yeah, once. Like, like, he, made, he made that run down the left side. Yeah, yeah. Right? I was like, "Where are you going?" I know. It's like I'm like, "Give it up! Just give it up to somebody, man!" You, please. you could actually see Giuliano Wijnaldum looking at him like, "Dude, what?" <laughs> it's like, "Dude, nah, just just give it up." But uh, he was thinking it but, in Dutch, probably. Yeah, Jack's so like such a smooth runner, such a smooth mover out there for again for a guy his size. It's just so watching him is so kind of counterintuitive. You don't you don't think he's going to be making these plays, but he does. Yeah, and and you know, and, and Gooch just he's he's a brick wall. Well, I I think the question, the interesting question, is for the two reserves, right? So, I do think Josh Yar should be playing more, even though we're getting good performance out of Elliott and Anyewu, just because I think Yarrow has the highest ceiling of mm-hmm. anyone on the team. So he should be either playing at Bethlehem or they should be doing what they did with Tribbett last year and rotating him in for yeah. Anyewu and these other guys, and then. It's incredible what's happened to Richie Marquez. Richie yeah. Marquez started something like forty-five straight games. Yeah. He's the and then man just, all of a sudden. Just like 
the second that he got hurt, yeah. he's wiped from the table. And um, he's not even making eighteen at this point. No, because it, it's a numbers game. Because yeah. Yarrow is Yarrow's the guy, and yeah. you, you wonder whether. I mean, you kind of wonder whether keeping that many defenders is is a luxury, or whether it's worth trying to move one of he, them. He could be. For a piece. He could be a chip. I mean, he he's a guy that's got a lot of experience. He's very solid MLS citizen. You know, he, you, you've got Austin Trusty too, so right, you don't actually need all of these. No, guys you don't. No, you don't. I mean, and, and Ken Trivet made his first appearance the other day too. I mean, mm-hmm. regardless, he came in in the central midfield. But yeah. I mean, he's made the bench a couple of times recently. Yeah, and, and so that was a scary four minutes. <laughs> Uh, I think I think Ken gets a better. I like Ken. I do not. Sorry, Ken. I I no. I feel like I discovered Ken because I saw him play for Ocean City. So I was like, and I was like, yeah, that guy. Did, he, did he's they a, pay he, you for that discovery <laughs> signing? Did you have the right? Yeah, I have. Uh, I have like the the mag, magnet board. The my, magnet board. Oh, my fr- face on I, it's, it. it's actually my fridge. <laughs> I have all these like pictures on my fridge, and that's my discovery list. No, but um, uh, uh, yeah, you you would think you have it, this team's so weird because they have like. You know this backlog at certain positions, especially in defense right now. That you know, as, as the season progresses, you need reinforcements in kind of other spots. So you do have some chips to play with. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the the market is for a guy like Richie Marquez. I mean, he like could be a, a, like a guy to add, like an add on, like if you're, yeah. you're you're transferring money or something like that. He could. And I mean, yeah, I, I think Richie Marquez has shown that he's just. He's a second starting center back in MLS. Yeah. I think that's going to be his career ceiling, mm-hmm. and that's that's valuable. You know, yeah. on whatever salary he's making, uh, teams sometimes need a guy like that. Even if you slot him as a third guy, and you're he, trying to make a playoff. Yeah, run. that's that's the other thing. That's a good point. His salary, I don't think, is that big. So, if some a team's looking for value yeah. at, at, at the defender spot, and you know, you, you got to think his contract's not up, yet, you know, anytime soon. Let's say get a guy like Richie, you know, and you, you're getting value for him. Yeah, so. I, I'm with you though. I'm I'm interested to see how it's going to work out with Josh Yarrow, mm-hmm. um, and I agree with you. I think that rotating him into that that current duo is 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 a good start. Because uh, I do I do think I mean I think um, the passing out of the back has been okay, but I think Josh brings it to another level. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I think he, he's and, the best one. Out of his the three. speed is unmatched by the other two as well. Yeah. So I'm, you're getting at a different thing depending on the opponent. And as well, he's playing and he's playing great. I'm a big proponent of. You know, it's okay to give Gooch a rest here and there because, yeah. you know, he's not a kid. <laughs> and you, if you want to save him, if you're, you're, and we've seen the union do this with players, especially kind of older veteran types, where they don't save them and they play them into the ground. And when they stretch one, when they really need guys, and think of guys like Connor Casey or, or Valkopanovich, and they just beat those guys into the ground. And it gets to the point, you know, towards the players when you really need them. They're not there for you. So I'm a big proponent of, hey, we're, we're going to give Gucci a blow this week, and now you got Josh healthy. I mean, he's got to be him. approaching full fitness, too, at this point. Oh, Josh? Yeah. I would think. A couple of weeks now. He's played a couple yeah. full games, I think, too. Yeah. So, um, um, so let me ask you guys about another player that's been riding the pine, and that's Keegan Rosenberry. Man. Um, he's had... Two opportunities now in the cup to kind of dig himself out of the hole he's in. However, he got into that hole. That that's that's a different discussion. But and I've been a proponent, and Mike and I have been both been proponents to get him back on the field some way somehow. But those two games, he did not do himself any favors. Yeah, what was what was the assessment on the, the Red Bulls game? Yeah, I mean, I thought he I thought he struggled. You know, yeah. the the main. 
the goal that the Red Bulls scored in open play is partially on him. I mean, I think it's tough because Yara doesn't put him in a good spot, and then Yara wasn't put in a good spot. You can take the chain back, yeah. but I, I don't think he impressed. Um, the simple thing is, you know, whether with the Union or with Bethlehem, he needs minutes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, the Union have, have always had this problem where they, their young guys don't develop because they don't give them minutes. Now you have Bethlehem. Like, play him at Bethlehem if he's not going to play for the Union. But instead you have him just kind of like sitting there on the Union bench week after week as, you know, injury cover when, you know, Fabinho can be injury cover if if yeah. he really if, – if, if Rosenberry is really so far down the pecking order that Ray Gatt is going to start every game until the end of time. Um, I, I've written columns about how I think that they need to trust the younger defenders more because they're the future. Ray Gaddis is not the future of this team, um, despite being the second longest tenured <laughs> member of the team. Um, so I think w- the way forward right now is you work Keegan in spot starts, play in Bethlehem, and see if he gets his form back. Uh, I, I absolutely think he needs games. Me and Adam were talking about that last week, that you have Bethlehem for exactly this reason. And I think he just needs – because whatever, why ever he's – However, he got on the bench. We could debate, but he's there. A couple opportunities he's had. He's doesn't look like he's ready to get back on the field regularly. And Jim Curtin's in a position where he's got to win games or at least accumulate points to get get above that red line. He's going to stay with Ray because he knows what he's getting with Ray. He doesn't know what he's getting with Keegan right now. Yeah. So, you know, I was kill I was killing them for not playing him, but. If I'm in Jim Curtin's position and I, I see these two cup games, and I look at what you know what Keegan's doing, it's like I I, I can't put this kid on the field right now. So you got to send him to Bethlehem because I don't know what's going on between his ears, but it can't be good if he's not getting opportunities and he's just kind of sitting there, you know, kind of festering with his mistakes on the bench, and he's not practicing, you know, with with the starters right now or any of that. Just get him up the road. Get him minutes. Get him time. Get him. Yeah. Just let him work it out. I mean, I was I was really hoping he would show well in the game against Harrisburg mm-hmm. because you have a team coming in that you know is a couple of divisions below you, and you, you'd think that's a, a decent, easy win for you guys in the, right. the Open Cup. You're hoping that he gets a couple easy touches. He gets a nice run up the the wing, and it was it was not that against <laughs> Harrisburg. Uh, I didn't see the Red Bulls game, so I can't talk too much about that one. But the, the game against Harrisburg was it was it was clear. It became clear to all of us that okay, this is the right decision to go with Gaddis right yeah. now. Yeah, and I mean the Red Bulls game and just you know Keegan's and Josh's position was r- really bad, and yeah. especially in the first half. And uh, you know Jack Elliott was just he looked like you know the last guy at the Alamo. I mean he was just kind of. Guys were coming at him all game, especially in the first half. Is you know, just he had so much space to cover because Keegan and Josh were just didn't seem like they knew what what they should be doing positionally, especially that first goal. They were just so pulled out of position and you know just just left the goal goal mouth pretty much open. So I mean, I would say the takeaway, at least in my book, is you know the Union have historically been very bad at player development. However, encouraging signs this year, and that I think they actually handled Winaldum correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception that I worry that if Fabinho hadn't his form hadn't turned really poor, I wonder, you know, Jim Curtin is very reluctant to turn on to, to bench players. But that, that's, they did the right thing with Winaldum. They got him a lot of minutes. They worked him in the cup. They made sure he could play, and they need to be doing that with Rosenberry right now because, um, you know, Keegan has a high ceiling. They've invested in him. They've made yeah. him in some ways the face of the team. The number of promotional things they have him doing. You know, it was all under the assumption mm-hmm. that he was going to take the leap. He's a local kid, um, and they need to not 
not purely for that business side reason, but because, you know, Keegan Rosenberry is more valuable than Ray Gaddis, except on the field right now. You know, you need to invest. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, it's tough. And I just don't, unless they get him games, I mean, I don't see him getting on the field in the near future. I really, I really, unless they get him games in Bethlehem or, or you know, Ray goes down with an injury, I just don't, I don't see it. And I honestly don't blame Jim right now. Um, what else we need to talk about here? Well, there's a, there's a game tomorrow. There is a game tomorrow, yeah. These midweek games, man, they, they screw me you, up. You know what's the scariest thing to me about this game tomorrow? <laughs> mm-hmm. John McCarthy is starting a goal for the Union tomorrow because Andre Blake is gone, and yeah. I am really down on John McCarthy. How how great that, – that's one thing we need to talk about in the New England game, that first half save that – I Incredible. mean – it's it's I should be used to it by now, but every time something like that happens, you, it's like my heart bottoms out. I'm like, oh my god! And then he just swoops in like Superman and saves the day again, and puts them in a position to get points or win again. And all the stuff we talked, all the positive stuff we talked about that happened in that game, the goals and you know the good play from Osino, all that might not happen if he doesn't make that save. Yeah, well, I think you look back at. Um, the way I think John started the Chicago road game last year, mm-hmm. they lost three nothing. That was kind of the beginning of the end of that Union team. Um, I thought he's been very unconvincing in the U.S. Open Cup. It's I don't think there's a bigger drop off in the league between Andre Blake, who's all star, best goalie in MLS, and John McCarthy, who I'm not sure is even MLS caliber. And I think has sort of skated by for a couple of years on the fact that he's a local kid that Jim likes. Um, that they have been hesitant to invest in a goalkeeper because then you get the jokes because it's like race right. and bully all over again. Right, so they're right. going to go super cheap behind Andre Blake. And that's fine, but they're going to need John McCarthy to play at league average level if they want to get points out of sporting, which are leaders of the Western Conference right now. Well, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's the good thing for John McCarthy in this game is that it's a, it's a low-pressure situation. You're not expecting the Union to go out there and get three points, maybe not one point. Um, it's, a, it's a difficult place to play. It's a, it's a team that's playing well. Yeah. You're missing a couple of guys, including your star goalkeeper and your your U.S. men's international. Although they're missing Espinosa, Zussi, mm-hmm. Dom yeah. you know, two short-hated teams. Yeah, so this this is um, it's not a terrible spot for McCarthy, and it's not like one of the games I was talking about earlier, where it's you know Columbus, New England, Red Bulls. Yeah. This is a road game. You know, this K- is this is Casey, I think this is a game Casey's where he's not in conference anymore. Yeah, so it's. You know, I think it's a little bit of a rivalry with KC. They've, yeah. they've they've had some big games against them, um, but it is in KC, who's a Western Conference team now, mm-hmm. and you have so many more big games this month. Yeah. You have home and home with Columbus. You have Montreal. You have so, Rebs I mean, again. They were, if they go out there and they line up to kind of nil nil it, I, I I don't blame. Them. <laughs> I th- I think it's going to be that. <laughs> I mean, especially especially w- without Blake with McCarthy out there, and so you you kind of. I think job one is to kind of protect him and yeah. kind of keep him in good situations where he's seeing the ball and, you know, he's not in a spot where he has to make a game-saving save like, like Blake does every game, pretty much feels like. And I think I think you'll probably see the same lineup just switching out Blake and McCarthy, right? Um, Pontius is sticking with the team until yeah, after Pontius, the game. Yeah, Pontius leaves after the game. Uh, I don't see why. I know Jack was a little gimpy, but I think he's. I mean, he went. Yeah, I guess out of you game might see Josh for Jack. Yeah, I mean but, that's possible. I think I saw his MRI was negative. Yeah, so, so I mean they they might just give give him a break because it's a real game. Yeah, and all see that. how that goes. Um, so you might see that change, but other than that, I think you know you see CJ up top. 
Yeah. Yeah. You see uh, Elsino out there. In the well, I, th- I do think Jim will try not to change the defense as much as he can but yeah. while having to change the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want at least some consistency there if you're not yeah. going to keep your goalie. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm Jim. I, I think you go out there and you be as practical as you can be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, th- I think you, you stick around. You try to keep it close. Mm-hmm. Um, try to nick one. Um, I think you, you remember what happened the last time the Union were in Sporting Kansas City. Um, I tweeted, Someone tweeted the lineup from that game two years ago, which I can't find, but it features names like Fernando Aristigueta, Steven Vittoria, some, someone called Maurice Adu was playing in that <laughs> game, and the keeper, Raiz Emboli. Uh, and that was the game where they conceded two goals in stoppage time. Um, right. It was, I believe, Emboli's last game with the team. I think it was, yeah. Um, I remember that because that was my first ever match report for PSP, <laughs> yeah. and I was... I learned the pain of uh, rewriting the entire thing ah, yes. in the final minute. So uh, uh, as pain, long, the pain that I know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, as long as that doesn't happen, look, I think you go out there, you try to get a point, and if you get more, so be it. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And if 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 you do lose and you all come out there too beaten, yeah. you know, you don't lose anybody or you don't ship a bunch of goals, and again, so be it. I mean, I, I don't think expectations are high when you have bigger games on the horizons in in conference. Games that are, like I said earlier, pretty much six pointers right now because you're you're climbing and you're trying to get forward and push other teams below. You know, keep the other teams that are behind and kind of behind you. Home and home with Columbus is huge. That's that's big. And you got Montreal and they they don't play great against Montreal. They got Montreal they coming don't. up and on the road. I mean that the Montreal game here was eminently frustrating. Um, that was my that was my least favorite game that I've ever covered for the really for PSP was in Montreal. Oh, in, oh, in Montreal. Montreal, yeah. yeah. It's just, lo- just a lovely city. Yeah, you had, yeah, you had a bad not, experience at the old not, Stad- not like them. They, they were not kind to me. I'm sorry. Well, that's, I mean, road road press boxes are, are I, often I, I, even spe- I even speak a little French. It's yeah. like, come on, guys. <laughs> Help me out here. We'll do prediction earlier, real quick. I'm I'm going to go nil nil. I think they're going to go out there. They're going to play for it. I think uh, Kansas City's a bit, a bit depleted, um, so I don't think it's going to be a great game of soccer. They walk out of that building with a point. I think, I'll, you know, sign me up for that. I'm not convinced yet. I think Kansas City won nothing. Okay, yeah. that, that, that's certainly going to happen. I'd say two OKC. Okay, Just <sighs> get the union or you know, look, they took care of business at home. They mm-hmm. lose two nothing to the Western Conference it's leaders. Yeah. That's not a big deal as long as they show well in doing it, which sure. Lord knows they won't. I will just <laughs> I will I, I found this graphic tweet. This is the union lineup on April fifth, twenty fifteen. Uh Mboli, Fabinho, Vittoria, Adu, Gaddis, Andrew Wenger, Mike Lahoud, Brian Carroll, Eric Ayuk, Seba Latou, and Fernando Ristigueta going against in Kansas City. Now that is a lot of old names <laughs> and a lot of turnover. Two just two years. years. Yeah, I, I have I have that uh, Philadelphia Union fifth anniversary magnet on my refrigerator <laughs> at home that has Jack McInerney, Amobia Kudo, <laughs> Marisa Du, and Zach McMath on it. All the legends. <laughs> oh my god! And I was like five years ago. Was not that long ago. This team for a team that's been in the league it hasn't even it's not even ten years old yet. They have gone through some players. They're, look, they're. Um, you know, the union have never really been super good, but they have always been entertaining. <laughs> you know? Um I you know, I, I really liked Arisa again. I was hoping he would stick around here. I thought he was a He was a character. He was he an was interesting a, guy. He was a good guy. Else. Never seen yeah. so much red hair in my life. Yeah. <laughs> 
I am, I, um, I'm not going to say the same thing about Steven Vittoria. Yeah, they they got a. I think he might, got he a might, he might win my award for guy least up for it. Um, they really got a bill of goods on him. Yeah. What a bad signing that was. And it's a shame because he seemed like a pretty nice guy. We had him on the show a couple times. Seemed like a cool dude. But really not up for it. Not just up for it. Out, he looked, you know, was slow. His one move, he had two moves, head the ball or foul the guy to beat him. Well, it's, it's <laughs> Those tough, were his two moves. When you talk about worst signings, it's kind of, it's an interesting question with the union because you have some that are like bad and they played and some that are just like, why did you even, like Anderson kind of shout, right? Right. Like, why did you even sign him if he's just going to be a paperweight? Or like the year <laughs> they didn't play Juan Diego Gonzalez, right? Oh, I forgot about him. Versus, you know, you do have the guys like Vittoria and Bowley, mm-hmm. basically all the late era Sakevich signings. Right, right, right. Um, I think probably Mboli might be the worst sign just for the damage it did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not an entire organization back like yeah it, it but you know, I think seasons you, of development you alienated like two goalkeepers one that you had to trade and one you almost lost in Blake because you know he was like <laughs> why am I staying here um, you tied up a lot of cash you tied up an international spot and it just and the product on the field was terrible but it, on the other hand I think Sikhevich was ultimately run out of town because the Emboli you know the Emboli sign didn't work, and he was so arrogant in the way he yep. did it mm-hmm. that I think that might have been that the last it. straw that for was... ownership, even though it took them six months <laughs> to pull the trigger. But that's a whole different thing, right? You know, um, did we want to talk about the the Gold Cup? Absolutely, let's um, talk about the Gold I, Cup. I, I enjoyed out. that Ghana game actually, surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, Dom Dwyer kind of making you know making his debut out there, feeling the goal, it. Kellen Acosta for, too, for, or the nice goal for his yeah, for his was... yeah. Oh yeah, on the set piece, it was yeah. very nice. Yeah, but you know, Dom, Dom Dwyer for his new nation, yeah. brand new minted American. I, I think I will say Dom Dwyer. I don't like to say this about guys on other teams. I think he is very likable. Yeah. Um, I was explaining um, over the holiday. I was watching the game. I was explaining to my mom the story of him and Sidney Larue and how he became an American. Yeah. And she was like, "Oh my god, that's so cute." And I, I think it is. I actually think that's a really great story <laughs> that you have. A husband and wife on the men's and women's national team, and that Dwyer is so committed to playing. You know, you could tell that whole game mm-hmm. how right. much it meant to him. And um, he's, so that's yeah. something to watch. And he's, and he's, he's a player too. Oh no, yeah. it, it would be different if he couldn't ball. Yeah, yeah. He and could he's ball. really a guy that kind of pulled himself up to be the player he yeah. is. You yeah. know, he he came. It's not yeah. that long ago that he's playing in the, yeah, the USL he, he for was, Kansas City's. Uh, yeah, he was a USL guy. Really, just you know, plowed down there and worked worked his way up to Kansas City and. Kind of proved himself every step of the way, and you know he's made it to the national team. I mean, we see we'll see if he gets on a, on a World Cup roster, but he's on the Gold Cup roster right now. So yeah, I mean, that's, that was, that's big. That was a nice finish against Ghana. Too. Yeah, so I mean, it's big, and you know if he could propel the U.S. to a, help them get to a, you know win the title, win the Gold Cup, and that's, you think that's he's massive. Good, he's going to get minutes, right? You think? Yes. He, I would imagine yes. he is the starting striker. I think so, um, especially given that the that Jordan Morris, who's another guy I actually really like, but Jordan Morris is not in form right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you think he's going to like get, him as much? Think he's going to get to play. Well, Sounders guys. Yeah, I like him individually, but yeah, he gets painted with the whole Sounders, you know, Northwest thing or whatever. But okay, anyone, anyone who can get as far as he has at a young age while also dealing with type one diabetes, mm-hmm. is yes, a okay. Oh, yes. there you so. go. Um, for sure. I, and I do. I want to go back to Kellen Acosta though, because I think Kellen Acosta mm-hmm. has been. Staking a claim for for great uh, goal. central midfield spot, um, and for talking about guys we really like from other teams, yeah. he's one of my favorites. I, I think it's good uh, to see the culture, of the national team, kind of shift back a bit to uh, to, to you know the pre-claim the good parts of the culture 
that you like about the U.S. national team are kind of back. The you know guys out there kind of gutting it out and working for their spots and being rewarded. Where you know in the Klinsman, it didn't really matter what you did. He 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 liked you or he didn't like you. He was going to use you. or He wasn't going to use you. I mean, how else Depending, do you explain Ch- Timmy Chandler's right. recurring presence? Timmy Chandler, or, or you know, you know, certain other players. Uh, you know, you know, Wando going to the World Cup. I'll, I will never forgive <laughs> never him. Forgiven. I will never forgive him for that. Um, so, so it's good to see that that aspect of the national team culture is back, and you're seeing guys get chances and get opportunities, and when they when they make the best of those opportunities, they're being rewarded which hadn't been the case in the last few years. I, I think that's always been how Bruce Arena has operated, though. Yeah. And I think that it is good to see that back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, be interested, I'm interested to see the, the, the team that he rolls out for the Gold Cup. I think we'll be able to learn a little bit more about what he sees as the future, I think. I feel, I feel a lot more confident than I did in the last Gold Cup that I think they could go out there and pick it up. Like well, when, when the, I remember really enjoying the 23. 20- was it the 2013? 2013 was the, the last was, was, off-year Gold yeah, Cup. That was, that was really fun. Yeah, there's something about when, they, when they're able to send the B team out there and they get a little momentum and they're it's a likable squad. Like mm-hmm. I remember really rooting for that 2013 team. The tournament kind of picks up speed, goes along. Not a, lot of, not a lot of other high-level soccer or really any sports going on yeah. in the month of July. Um, you know, you have baseball and you have sort of the dog days of MLS too, but... You know, the, I think the Gold Cup's fun, and I'm excited to see, you know, how this team comes together. And, you know, if they come to Philly in a, in a week and a half, that'll be a party. Yeah, that'll be fun. Two I weeks. So, yeah. You going to that? Yeah. yeah. Nice. I, I think I got credentialed. <laughs> not going to yeah. I, I don't think <laughs> I said anything stupid enough on Twitter to not get credentialed. <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> one, of these, one of these days, you're just going to get a one of these, like, you know, you've said too many stupid yeah, things on Twitter. Yeah. It's like a blanket banning for, you know, credentials for a national team. I mean, if if there were a thing for, like, journalists who said too many stupid things on Twitter, no one would ever be allowed to cover a game. <laughs> no, so. That's true. That's certainly true. Yeah. Um, especially, especially in, you know, especially soccer Twitter, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about the Gold Cup, right. and I th- and it, it it's just yeah, you you feel like the ship's right it with a national team in a lot of ways. What's yeah. the what's the verdict on the new kits? Okay, you know they I like they, hoops. They, they the hoops I don't mind. I don't know you're a writing guy, but whatever. Yeah. the hoops I don't mind. But they always do that little extra thing that like I don't the like stars. Like, the stars on the sleeves. I don't like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I just think I think the hoops is. If there's one kind of consistent graphic direction the United yeah. States could go and basically make their own, I think it's the hoops. Mm-hmm. So I think you go with red red and white is the base one. You do yeah. kind of the funky off year one. But just please, like, no more black. Like, yeah. No more, like, Can we be a color? Weird, what color yeah, are we? Pick a pick a color. Yeah. I'm on the radio. I wouldn't. I would be more explicit if I could. Pick <laughs> a color. <laughs> red, white, and blue. I mean, it's not that hard. But but it's like yeah. you, you kind of have to pick either red or blue, right? right? Like you know, or white. Like England's white. You yeah. know, we're on any given year. We could be black. We could be <laughs> white. We could be like half red, half white. We yeah. could be half blue, half red. We kind of blue and white stars that look like denim. Yeah, we could we could be anything. <laughs> Never those again. And I'd rather oh, just we're the team that wears hoops on the field, and they're red and white, and the alternates blue and red, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah I mean that's, that's, that sounds that's good. Fine. I, mean, I mean, we have a flag with stripes. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, hoops. Exactly. Seems to I mean, us. You, you look at the you know the England team; they don't mess with it too much. It's always white. It's always a, you know it's the lions. It's always that. Same thing with France, it's, Brazil, yeah. Germany. Yeah, yeah, Brazil. Just be I your mean, color. Yeah, Bra- Brazil. It's like the Yankees; they never change it. Yep. Forever, you know, and then you know, even Scotland. It's, you know, that's not 
quite the team they were. But even you know they're very consistent in their in their uniform. They have the dark blue and the and all that. I mean, so. yeah, there, there are so many countries that you can say this about. Yeah. They're consistent with their colors. <laughs> that's, that's all we're asking for is consistency and, 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 and not uni- something ugly. And the last <laughs> uniform was like kind of the re- looked like the rejected Portugal uniform. Well, yeah, because Nike basically used the same whatever it was when the U.S. changed their. Yeah logo yeah. their badge they also change to that nike template which is just like everyone gets the same template just slightly different I, I, I wonder if that might be the crux of the problem is they need to switch to maybe an adidas or a puma or well the thing is they're not going to switch because i think nike is such a huge sponsor of the yeah. team. Well, that's true i just wish nike would treat them the same way you know nike used to make really good kits um especially you know i, I loved a lot of the old arsenal nike mm-hmm. kits right and I think in the last couple of years, they're getting really lazy. Like, I don't know if you saw that Tottenham kit that came out. We're really getting deep into kit details here, but, like, it's real It's real bad. And I, I'm not even saying that because I don't like Tottenham. Wow. Um, so, so, I, you know, there's a lot going into it, but I think there's so much potential for the U.S. to, like, stake a claim, especially as we kind of mature as a soccer yeah, nation. For sure. And uh, we're not there yet. This is a good step. All right. Uh, I think that deep kit talk <laughs> we will uh wrap yeah, it you up ruined the podcast with yeah. your kit talk i'll never be back um we're yeah. done with this yeah <laughs> yeah uh we should do a whole kit we get, I, uh, I love yeah. i love kit talk. we could do a whole um i remember back in when gold tv was still a thing i was watching their news program it was like in the middle of the summer uh between you know a little bit before the the you know the regular season started for most teams and they did like a whole kit breakdown for just about every team in South America. Yeah, yeah. It was wild. I would watch it, was, that. it was riveting. I watched it like forever longer than I probably care to admit. Anyway, uh, I want to wrap it up there. I want to thank Peter Andrews for uh, jumping on with us. Uh, Peter, I, yes. Yeah, I just wanted to shout out um, in terms of like where you can find my stuff. I was going to about to ask you that, but yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I want to shout out. Um, so, Floyd Soccer Page has a really great video team. Um, that I've had a chance to work with because I've been in Philly this summer. So that's Dan Gajamowitz yeah. and Ryan Griffith. Who's wow, you actually year. said Dan's last name on the air. I <laughs> credit for you for that. I've known Dan for like a decade, and I've never <laughs> said his last name out loud. So we're we're putting to, we're putting out a ton of great content. Mm-hmm. Every home game is a yeah. live pregame show, live postgame show. Yeah. Fan interviews, live broadcast of the press conference, yeah. and interviews from pre- inside the pre- line. Pre-game looked great. It was the first time I really got a chance to see the pre-game. Yeah, pre-game I, I just excellent. watched it, too. They, you guys excellent. didn't even tell me that that was coming. So it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm back from vacation. Mike, there's a pre-game show now. I was like, all right, yeah. cool. So that, that looked great. So, um, so yeah, check, check that stuff out. It's on Floyd's Soccer page. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at PF Andrews. All right. And, you know, Mike's out there as well. Uh, yeah, you know who I am at this point. Yeah, everybody knows Mike Trevedio. So uh, we will catch everyone next week.